Welcome back to Night School 9, episode, uh, or excuse me, it is Night School 9 and Song of Myself by Walt Whitman, part 7. Um, and so back with me is my esteemed colleague, Mr. Wesley Shantz. Welcome back, Mr. Wesley Shantz. Hey, so that's pretty good. We do, That means we're around two or three sections of the poem per night school meeting. That's not too bad. Right, 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 right. And I, I mean... I think for what it is that we're trying to um, accomplish, and sorry, I'm just sharing the screen right now. Um, I think, and can you see the screen now, Wes? Is it the poem? Yeah, it came up. Okay, excellent. Um, I think for what we're trying to accomplish, we're getting a good mix of um, quick on the spot thinking, how to think through a poem, um, how to uh, try and squeeze a poem for all it's worth, and also how to conduct a seminar at the same time. Because mm -hmm. what I would say we're doing is not a conventional lesson in that we're not simply coming in with a plan of specific information we want to present in accordance with a specific theme, but rather I, I would say, and perhaps you'll agree, that we're more trying to discover what the poem is saying and yeah. what all is in and connected to the poem in the poetic and the human tradition of thinking and speaking, whether the poet meant it or not, because something can be in the spirit of something else uh, without unknowingly, right? Uh, sort of like how Nietzsche says that all philosophers sort of uh, lead back to their own being. Uh, so says Peterson anyway, that they, uh, they sort of grow like a tree naturally, that their, their thought is just the result of the sort of creature they are rather than being something sort of autonomous or totally abstracted from them as their ideal would be. And so, you know, I think what we're doing here is sort of planting a garden and trying to find seeds and trying to pluck up weeds. And so the pace, um, if someone is a stickler for that, I think that this might not be their favorite um, endeavor ever. But if you're the sort of person who's creative and likes the associations of ideas, who's a truly literary person, I think this is right up your alley. Yeah, and it's great for kids who aren't literary too, because frankly, you don't have to read the whole long poem to have a great discussion about like, you know, a couple sections of it in the course of an hour. Um, it's it's something that's for anyone who I think is at the point where they're either um, driven to speak, right, by, by some kind of impulse in them, or they're... Um, or they're just willing to to share ideas like that can be enough uh, if you if you just like want to try something different that might be engaging that might actually feel like something's at stake for your classroom right? and not just like ticking off some boxes on your on your lesson plan i think yeah this is this is something that's worth a shot worth trying with your classes so yeah. Right. And I think a constant complaint of our entertainment industry is that it's just, there's no intelligence put into it anymore, no effort. And so perhaps education here taken in as leisure activity can serve as a substitute for mm. something like that. It is night school after all. And you know, what you do with your leisure time is you only have so much. And so we're trying to offer a valuable product here. Um, yeah. And so 20, I believe I have the evens. You have the odds. Yeah. Who goes there? Hangry, gross, mystical nude. Is it I extract strength from the beef I eat? What is a man, anyhow? What am I? What are you? All I mark as my own, you shall offset it with your own. 
else it were time lost listening to me. I do not snivel that snivel the world over, that months are vacuums and the ground but wallow and filth. Whimpering and truckling fold with powders for invalids, conformity goes to the fourth removed. I wear my hat as I please indoors or out. Why should I pray? Why should I venerate and be ceremonious? Having pried through the strata, analyzed to a hair, counseled with doctors and calculated close, I find no sweeter fat than sticks to my own bones. All people, I see myself. None more, not one a barley corn less. The good or bad I say of myself, I say of them. I know I am solid and sound. To me, the converging objects of the universe perpetually flow. All are written to me, and I must get what the writing means. I know I am deathless. I know this orbit of mine cannot be swept by a carpenter's compass. I know I shall not pass like a child's carlicue, uh, cut with a burnt stick at night. I know I am august. I do not trouble my spirit to vindicate itself or be understood. I see that the elementary laws never apologize. I reckon I behave no prouder than the level I plant my house by, after all. I exist as I am. That is enough. If no other in the world be aware, I sit content. And in, if each and all be aware, I sit content. One world is aware, and by far the largest to me, and that is myself. Whether I come to my own today, or in 10,000 or 10 million years, I can cheerfully take it now, or with equal cheerfulness, I can wait. My foothold is tenoned and mortised in granite. I laugh at what you call dissolution, and I know the amplitude of time. Bang, looks like we're going to be talking about this the whole time, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty emphatic in this one. He's, um, well, it's cool, because he starts with a question. But it sounds kind of like it's a question that he's asking of himself, right? Because uh, it sounds like when he answers, those are the kinds of, of things that would apply to him, the speaker, that is. Um, and I, I think that uh, as much as he asks questions in this one, he's, like I said, super emphatic in a lot of places too, saying all these things that he knows to be the case. So I take the questions to be more or less playful and almost mocking is kind of how they sound to me. Like um, uh, you, you could read them seriously, uh, earnestly, I, I suppose, but, but that's the tone that they come across a little bit in this one. Um, they're, so, they're so general and broad. And I think the, uh, the repetitions also play into that for me. Um, cause he's, he, he's pretty, uh, he, he uses, let's see one right there. All I mark as my own, you shall offset it with your own. Then the next little couplet, I do not snivel that snivel the world over. Um, so there's a kind of, um, I, I don't know, not sing song exactly, but somehow the repetitions play into that mood of um of like call and response with the reader 
right? Where you're sort of, you're sort of given these questions, which he then turns around uh, and is, is rather, um, I don't, not, not rude exactly, but just like a little overbearing or maybe arrogant uh, in this part. He, well, I, I don't know. He's, he's a little bit, um, uh, um, like concerned, I think for, for you at this point in this, in this poem, which is obviously super long, right? Maybe concerned for you to feel like there's still more to discover. And so if you feel like you've kind of got him figured out at this point, he's taking it to a, a slightly more, um, uh, vociferous level here. I, I think things like, I know I am deathless. I know I am august, right? Uh, those are pretty high claims. And we saw way back in the beginning somewhere him talking about um, the kind of structure of his, of his verse, right? Um, and here we get those kind of architectural, sculptural kind of imagery is is pretty strongly reinforced um, with the idea that it's that his foothold is tenoned and mortised in granite, right? Like the the kind of staking himself and um, planting himself here. I thought that was, yeah, it's really stirring. the The one word here that I definitely don't know the meaning of. Um, the carlicue, it it sounds like the word curlicue, you know, yeah. like something, something sort of ornate and like a little flourish, you know, and that's what he's he's not gonna be like. <laughs> um, so he's 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 really making quite the quite the claim here to um, to seriousness, to to importance and significance. It's great. It's it's quite grand. Yeah, and I what I, I what I think I see during the course of 20 is a transition from sort of his defiant Americanism um, and where he's still sort of answering the question from before of, are you wasting your time listening to me? Do I have anything to say? And is this now that thing that I told you I would say to you, but not to all. And so it's like, he's reminding us like a teacher, he's given us a sense of time. Sort of like Mr. Mountrop from the Halloween tree by Ray Bradbury, whose card reads time management. He's sort of, <laughs> sort of the psychopomp, taking the kids through the underworld or the spirit of the past, the history of their people from Egypt to, to Britain to France to Mexico and back to America to show them who they really are. And so he, he's sort of, okay, well, this is so important. And then he claims, makes claim to bravery and also to sort of independence. He'll wear his hat where he pleases. And so he'll write this as he pleases. Why should he venerate the past? And, you know, that's both religious and secular uh, imagery, right? Because uh, not only are, are the religious poems um, prayers, but so are the pagan ones, which were, you know, sung by goddesses through a man. Um, they're, you know, sung words. And so what is the difference between a prayer and a poem uh, that is spoken out loud? You know, something that is said with others. And um, then he makes a claim to his authority and his ability. And then you're right, there's a transition from just strictly him to him as man, uh, as that sort of universal man, 
to whom all things he sees in all others also apply to him. So a uniformity. And then uh, there's sort of a yin-yang of he is solid and sound, but also perpetually flows. So sort of like matter and ever-flowing spirit there, yin and yang. And all are written to me, sort of a claim to the logos, Jonathan, uh, first John, in the beginning is the word, and I'm going to skip what the writing means. So both uh, uh, subject and object, uh, action and patient there. And so, so it's almost as if he's saying that's like the Trinity, right? There's the act, actor, the patient, and sort of the interplay between them. And that's communication. And that's what's communicated most sophisticatedly through uh, writing and the most sophisticated form of writing is the most abstract. And even beyond philosophy, perhaps that's poetry. And bang, that's what he's doing. And in doing that, he becomes like a god, right? Deathless, immortal, august, like you said, like the first uh, god emperors of Rome, August Caesar, Octavius Caesar, or Octavian, Octavian, excuse me, he'd be Octavius at this point, yeah. He started as Octavian. Um, and also knows the laws of the universe. Again, God, I exist as I am, that is enough. God, sort of, you know, like I am he who is, what the bush says to Moses. And uh, he's content, sort of, uh, I wonder if that's sort of a nod to Eastern uh, philosophy, like the lotus position, the position of enlightenment, or of, you know, sort of, being without care and um you know uh he know and just to keep going on i think there are several more metaphors that relate to that but and i know the amplitude of time so it's like he understands the most abstract things that exist he's putting himself on par with a god i wonder if what he's doing here is sort of guiding us again out to that unknown territory that is far beyond our normal human sense experience in order to show us connections that would allow us to uh, uh, tie together maximal amounts of data. Yeah. And, and he does it with, again, a few really common things like, so like the wearing his hat as he pleases indoors and out that I think is um, something I could I could practically hear some kids say at school, you know, kids who go around with their hoods on and their hats on. It's like, I think that's a line that they, they could stand to ponder a little bit. Because um, what does that show, right? It's like, I'm as worthy of respect as anyone, right? Like, I don't take my hat off. I, um, I like, I have the ability to, to make that judgment. It's a pretty... Uh, I don't know. It's a pretty interesting uh, tension that he establishes there. And uh, I think his, yeah, I, I definitely agree that there's a kind of um, theomorphic, like him becoming godlike going on here uh, at, at, without, without actually referencing God or um, religion explicitly. Uh, right. right, but those but last yes, three lines. Like you said, my foothold. So a foot on earth, mortis and granite, that means eternal. I laugh at what you call dissolution, indicating that he will never be dissolved and so is eternal. Again, so that means the same thing as the first line, essentially. And I know the amplitude of time, meaning that he has been existing at all times. So all three of those lines essentially point towards being eternal. So perhaps he's suggesting as poet, he is embodying the eternal spirit of poet poetry in his time, his specific time. And so he is embodying the muse in this moment. 
being a work saint itself, as the uh, Aristotelians at St. John's would say. <laughs> right on. All right, on to 21. Oh, this starts great, yes. Okay, yeah, so continue with those, um, with those claims of, uh, of the previous part. So, 21. I'm the body, I'm sorry, I'm the poet of the body, and I am the poet of the soul. The pleasures of heaven are with me, and the pains of hell are with me. The first I graft and increase upon myself. The latter I translate into a new tongue. I am the poet of the woman, the same as the man, and I say it is as great to be a woman as to be a man. And I say, there is nothing greater than the mother of men. I chant the chant of dilation or pride. We have had ducking and deprecating about enough. I show that size is only development. Have you outstripped the rest? Are you the president? It is a trifle. They will more than arrive there, every one and still pass on. I am he that walks with the tender and growing night. I call to the earth and sea half held by the night. Press close, bare bosom night. Press close, magnetic nourishing night. Night of south winds, night of the large few stars. Still nodding night, mad naked summer night. Smile, oh, voluptuous cool breathed earth. Earth of the slumbering and liquid trees. Earth of departed sunset, earth of the mountains misty topped, earth of the vitreous pour of the full moon just tinged with blue, earth of shine and dark modeling the tide of the river, earth of the limpid gray of clouds brighter and clearer for my sake, far swooping elbowed earth, rich apple blossomed earth, smile for your lover comes. Prodigal, you have given me love, Therefore, I to you give love. Oh, unspeakable, passionate love. All right. Well, the first thing I want to say here is just bang. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there, there's some evidence for what we've just been saying right in these few lines where he, may, he claims, and your eye was drawn right to it, like mine was drawn to that first capital letter, body and soul, they just stand out, those capitals. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the 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 singular and the plural and all that's between he is like he is the divine insofar as the divine is the the all that is and the connection between it all beings and their conscious connections or something like that um but yeah the fact that he translates into a new tongue um that's sort of like that uh imagery from the canto 26 of the divine comedy and paradiso where adam is the one who speaks uh, the first language with his tongue and as a sort of that is the creation of the divine his capacity to speak things into existence or to label things to become conscious of things and then he's also the poet of the woman and the man again in a sort of yin and yang uh, completion picture and they're equal because they, the unity they form is what's most important which is the idea i think of the marriage and of course here is an argument against what many postmodernists currently claim that uh, in some way women have been devalued at all times throughout history. Well, clearly we see that's untrue, even in the 19th century America, and one of our finest poets. And I say there is nothing greater than the mother of men. And, uh, you know, that's a claim that I, I wonder who would disagree with that. And so I chant the chant of dilation or pride. He's now claiming his self, himself as a poet and uh, a chant 
you know, sort of tribal element there, potentially even a warlike element. We have uh, ducking, deprecating about enough. I show the size is only development. The size is only development, a very interesting indication of growth. Um, and then this is where it starts to get a bit odd for me. Um, have, have you outstripped the rest? Are you the president? It is a trifle. They will more than arrive there, everyone, and still pass on. And then more sort of divine imagery with, I am he who walks with the tender and growing night. I call to the earth and sea, half held by the night. Uh, so he's like sort of a daylight consciousness figure there, or maybe, um, I forget what the name is, uh, Endymion. He's an Endymion figure there. Do you know the story of Endymion, Wes? Uh... I, I know that Keats has a long poem called Endymion, but I don't remember what it's about, to be honest. He has a, and it's very interesting that it's a very famous parade in New Orleans, too, during Mardi Gras or just before. And uh, it's a, an ode to a boy who's so beautiful that the moon, Selena, uh, falls in love with him. But in order to be with him, she keeps him asleep forever. And so he's represented as like forever asleep with like a translucent dark figure like kissing him on the side and so I don't know I get that image from my call to the earth and see half held by the night um that there's something not yet born out from him press close bare bosomed night yeah that imagery is just screaming to me press close magnetic nourishing night and there are some beautiful renditions of night and night is spoken of with respect by homer and the iliad that even zeus will not attack night so when the hypnos fled into uh night after um messing with hair or with hair messing with heracles and zeus was going to essentially destroy sleep kill him as much as he could as a god uh he sleep retreated to night and zeus followed him no more night of the south winds and then earth 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 so we have these like sort of feminine um chthonic deities or primordial de deities these two gods in particular would have come gaia and nux would have come before even the titans and the titans were the gods of the generation before the olympians who were the even more sophisticated form so there's like a return um to a more uh fundamental or not fundamental but uh, primitive, but not in a pejorative way, or primary religions. No, primitive is better, like ancient pagan um, um, terrorism here, from down from the abstract heights of like time, thinking of time, even though time is also a Catholic god in the Greek religion. They're very smart. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about it quite like that, but it does make sense now that you say it that you're getting a kind of um not not exactly a theogony but something like that right like here's the first things that i'm gonna sing about now that i'm like declaring myself anew mm. uh and and sort of like setting out again from this higher uh plateau of of awesomeness now let's like start with night and earth and and it seems like in singing, he's he's giving gratitude, right, for what they have given him, yes. which I guess take to be, you know, like inspiration, um, wonder, this this kind of sensual appeal to his um, to his imagination, and the 
I think the remark about the president is great because I, I think <laughs> like you might think that this is the top god, basically, right? Like this is the the, uh, the unmoved mover, <laughs> but no, because everyone will arrive there and pass beyond that, right? Like there's something beyond human hierarchies. It seems to be the the gist of that, and and he's he's out the forefront of it. He's going into the night and um, the stars and the beauty of of the earth, um, which is sort of out, outdoors, you know, out out of what is uh, has been known before, and and ultimately love itself, maybe right? Like that's kind of a an aspect of the divine that seems to be what sort of um, moves and links all of the, relates these things together. It's, it's, uh, there's some lines here that are just amazing. Like, yeah, the, the magnetic nourishing, um, but also I love the vitreous pour of the full moon. That's, that's beautiful. So vitreous, I think means like related to, to glass, I want to say like it's it's a kind of shiny word, um, and it's a kind it's a like you said with Endymion this image of like the the celestial reaching down and um, and linking itself to the 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 earthly the the solid right which he's kind of standing upon. So yeah, there's a there's an incredible. And that's, yeah, that's the yin-yang too, right? Like those two things are, are pressed close together. Um, it's so so intimate and yet so cosmic. It's great. Yeah, and I want to take this moment to sort of identify why earth and night are traditionally feminine images because night is the time during which things grow and out from which things grow, sort of like how people are born from the women and also earth is that out from which things grow. Um, you know, that from which plants spring anew. So they're both images of, of that which produces out from itself, that which is new. And in that way, they share that articulation with a woman as mother, as he said above, just as an associative connection. And also that smile, I think is also a feminine image because it's associated with the first image one ever forms with one's eyes, like one's mom smiling at one. In fact, like if you look at children's drawings, they're often like big smiling faces. Why? Because like people stand in front of them smiling all day and that's like their first impression of the world. And that's what like gets them going. Um, And so I would say that those three images are connected those three images are connected in that sort of intuitively feminine way or that that way that connects also with the idea of the feminine um and that that's that's that he's connecting that to the sort of naturalness of what he's doing here that his self-expression is like the departed sunset or the full moon tinged with blue or the dark motling the tide of the river this isn't weird this is just as natural as anything and that makes perfect sense because you exist in the world. And so everything you do is of the world in some respect. And then you get this like religious imagery at the end, prodigal. He very clearly knows the story of the prodigal son. Hit the, uh, the, 
the child who goes out, not to mention those O's, uh, like biblical uh, postulations. Um, but the prodigal son takes his father's inheritance, goes out and wastes it, comes back, gets a really nice, what is it, lamb made for him. And, uh, uh, well, I, I, now he's given his love as well, which, you know, according to Dante and Aristotle, that's, that's what God does. Yeah. Yeah. I take him to be saying there, um, that the earth has been prodigal towards him, but it's really interesting how that word, um, could also just, like you say, sort of be a, a touchstone for that whole, uh, tradition, um, of, um, the, the, the prodigal son, right? Like that, that whole story is, is, a, uh, kind of evoked by that, by that one word in, in that very conspicuous place at the, at the end of this section. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. One more or as many, or at least sure, yeah. on to 22. You see, I resign myself to you also. I guess what you mean. I behold from the beach your crooked inviting fingers. I believe you refuse to go back without feeling of me. We must have a turn together. I undress, I hurry out of my sight of the land. Cushion me soft, rock me, billowy drowse. Dash me with amorous wet, I can repay you. Sea of stretched ground swells, sea breathing broad and convulsive breaths. Sea of the brine of life and of unshoveled yet always ready graves. Howler and scooper of storms, capricious and dainty sea. I am integral with you. I too am of one phase and of all phases. Partaker of influx and efflux, I extoller of hate and conciliation, extoller of armies and those that sleep in each other's arms. I am he attesting sympathy. Shall I make my list of things in the house and skip the house that supports them? I am not the poet of goodness only. I do not decline to be the poet of wickedness also. What blurt is this about virtue and about vice? Evil propels me and reform of evil propels me. I stand indifferent. My gate is no fault finders or rejectors gate. I moisten the roots of all that has grown. Did you fear some scrofula out of the unflagging pregnancy? Did you guess the celestial laws are yet to be worked over and rectified? I find one side a balance and the antipodal side a balance. Soft doctrine and as steady health as stable doctrine. Thoughts and deeds of the present hour rouse into early start. This minute that comes to me over the past decillions, decillions, there is no better than it and now. What behaved well in the past or behaves well today is not such a wonder. The wonder is always and always how there can be a mean man or an infidel. That's, that took a turn. Like, okay, so. <laughs> like the sea. <laughs> uh, talking to the sea, swimming in the sea, essentially making love to the sea. And then it really swings into something much more abstract. Uh, I think it might be around that, that parenthetical. I find those very interesting. Um, it's almost like he's, he's making an aside to the reader there, right? Shall I make my list of things in the house and skip the house that supports them? So the the house, I guess, is what he's saying here is is like sympathy 
or like his yeah his kind of all embracingness right that thing which which contains everything else and so that's i guess how we get into this um this dig it seems like a digression from the the kind of stuff that we've been seeing these feminine deities um and and we go into this whole thing about uh I'm not sure exactly what, but just again, his sort of broad-mindedness seems to be the theme, mm. uh, and and like how he's going to sing of the ugly, the bad, uh, as well as the beautiful and good. And I guess there's you know there's some kind of spiciness to that because he's been waxing rather beautiful for a bit here, um, very mellifluous lines and and soft and beautiful kind of imagery and things like this, uh, cushion me soft, right? Rock me in billowy drows. <laughs> uh, but then he gets pretty hard edged again and um, comes at you a little bit again. I think that he, again, is, is striving for, on the one hand, um, satisfying certain poetic, in terms of aesthetic, right? Like beauty type drives. But on the other, he's got such a sharp philosophical um, and and I guess even seemingly um, sociological to an extent, right? Like these these arguments about um, equality, I think have a have a kind of political or social like feeling to them in places um, that he by his his harshness as well as his um, beauty and softness is going to like affect something uh, in the reader and and I that word decillions is like um, what one other sort of it, it's like the the surgical thrust you know that he's making there like he he throws these really two dollar words in there from time to time just to let you know I guess that he's um, he's serious uh, he's he's almost almost scientific about it. Uh, it seems like um, that he uh, he's not simply rambling, right? But that he's got a point, and that he's he's gonna uh, find just the right word to make that point. And, <laughs> and the last couplet, like that, that really made me chuckle. Um, that of all the wonderful things, right? That he's been singing about. The really the one you really have to scratch your head about is how there could be a mean man, right? Someone who's not moved by 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 nature, by beauty. It's wonderful. Yeah. What did what did you make of that? So like nature. So I think I I'm starting to see it in how you expressed it. That nature is just so obviously awesome and awe striking in all its respects that it requires such an incredibly balanced view to see all of it to see mm. uh, it end to end that um it's just incredible that anybody would not uh worship it or yeah. or be awestruck by it. these wonders placed at opposite ends of the last two lines seem also to encompass the entirety of the couplets uh end to end sort of just like sort of wonder might want to you know wonder might be end to end for a human at the beginning of their life and the end and also should maybe be the end all be all of a human life to wonder at that unknown territory always existing around them that is so full of 
rich information that one could acquire if one only sought after it, sort of a Harry Potter seeker-like way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, 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 yeah. What is... <laughs> What did you get out of those last two lines? They they kind of puzzled me too. And it's sort of like he and his liberated sort of American way as A, I would say, it look, it's like he's looking at you while you're looking at him. And that's what like the self-consciousness of a poet says because he like makes these little feints and pulls these little jukes and moves as a poet where he's going theme, 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 new theme, totally new theme and style, theme, right. new theme, and now different like line length and a different poetic convention and uh, leading towards unexpected conclusion. It's like it's a little story unto itself within each part and that shows a, a, a conscious randomness, a consciousness, a conscious jump from theme to theme to theme. Can you keep up with me? Uh, will you get annoyed at what I'm doing and not extract the information from it because you do not see what I'm doing for what it is? Like a playfulness, like you've been saying. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the the gauge that's thrown down at the end there is sort of like, if you don't like this poem, if it's not appealing to you, A, I don't really care. Like you, said, <laughs> you said earlier, <laughs> like it doesn't really bother me. I'm perfectly happy either way because I like this poem. But, the, but B, like that's kind of wonderful to me. Like that's something I'm going to really marvel at that you could that you could be such a mean man, right? Like that you could not feel this, um, this kind of life, like uh, in, in every little thing that I've, I've sung about and then all the big things too, right? Like he's gonna kind of take, take that as his, as his theme in turn. Um, and, and I guess, again, I think it has to do with this, uh, this time thing that you brought up earlier he's kind of coming back to that in terms of um, like everything that exists now, including this, this new line of poetry that he's come out with, right. Is in some sense, just the, the working out of all of that has all of that, which has come before it. And so he's not really holding it against anyone, right. That in itself, it's not specific. It's not that he's like deterministic about it, but just that, it's it's amazing to him that given all the amazing stuff out there, there could be anything boring or like or unmoved um, by by all of that that splendor, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's mm -hmm. a kind of anomaly, which is in itself interesting. Yeah, when you think about it, there is no better than it and now the present. Yeah. To be being during the actual being of other beings that are conscious. It's such an incredible thing to ever have happened that you get to participate in that you very rarely ever marvel at because you're so overwhelmed by anxiety and the threat of grief and actual grief and the negative aspects of having a consciousness and all that comes with it, the responsibilities, the burden one, and so on. But to just marvel at the fact that you, <laughs> you're such an odd creature that is being, that can think about being, that can spend time reading the conscious or following the conscious articulations of another creature in order to derive new information from him uh, expressed in a unique way. That's something that we do. Like if they're an encyclopedia of our behaviors as a mammal, that would be part of the, the, you know, millions of them. 
Whereas, you know, with like a rat, there's like run and eat food, mate, and, you know, like, I guess go through a maze if I follow what I see on, uh, you know, cartoons or experiments. <laughs> but um, yeah, there, we just have so many different behavioral patterns because of our consciousness. It gives us maximal adaptation in the world. And so he's trying to represent that to some degree in his language. And that we can even form our, our thought and our expression in a conscious way, just as we can our body through like weights and gymnastic, like the yogis make in a non-articulated but embodied form. So cool. That, that's a really cool idea. And I think that goes back to the idea that it's so important to, to read the poem out loud, right? Because yeah. that embodies it, right? It, it's, you, you have to um, wrestle with his language in places and you, and you get carried away by it in places and you, you run into, um, you run into things that you wouldn't, you would just read right over if you were not reading it aloud. So, right. yeah, I like the Decillions, when you run into that word and you have to pause, he knows you're gonna pause at that word. And think, what's that mean? Tens of millions? Close enough. Like, yeah, it's got it's got that that connotation at the very least of a really big number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like deck, you know, December, and just for the listeners to know, of course, our numbering system is ridiculous for uh that we say uh September is our ninth month, sept of course in seven, septum in Latin, October, eighth month is our tenth month, November. Ninth month is our 11th month, and December 10th month is our 12th month, uh, <laughs> just as a piece of trivia based on that. Well, um, well, should we call it, or oh my goodness, I just accidentally saw some of 24, and well, we got to do one of these like tomorrow, Wes. I'm getting pretty into this. So should we call it here or continue? No, yeah, we can, we can pick up at 23 for the next time. 24 looks like a beast, but you know, that's, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, yeah. That might be all we get through next time, but that's still, you know, it looks fun. All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you. And uh, stay tuned. <laughs>